Coming up on this episode, we begin with the art of wiring your walls, why good help is hard to find, and home security secrets. Then we get into the week's tech news, including the dangers 5G may have for your next flight. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 330, recorded January 24th, 2022. What's in your walls? Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I am Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who literally could not be farther apart in the continental United uh, 48 states. It is Dan and Colby. Good evening, gentlemen. What's up? I'm a little bit closer to you, I guess. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. You are far. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're basically neighbors, Dan. <laughs> Western Mass, Western America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't say how far west. Believe me, the people in Boston think we might as well be California. At one point, I was probably in Massachusetts, right? Back when the the states just extended infinitely westward. Exactly. Right. God, good times. Perfect. Good times when they didn't know where it ended. Right. Could go anywhere. There are still lands to explore. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting, yeah, Dan. So, you are you are in the great state of which one? Idaho, um, Washington, Montana. Close. Idaho's Oregon. One one over. Um. Yeah. Let's see. I don't. I don't remember if I told the car story on the show. Maybe I didn't. Oh no, because I think we just skipped the show because I was so fed up. I was so uh, emotionally distraught over trying to get the uh, the car person. Um. So the way that car movers work is it's like it's like how taxis worked before uber which i was never really there for at least in places that weren't new york city right so the way that taxis worked in new york city before uber was you you held your hand out on the street and then eventually a taxi picked you up and took you to where you were going uh there was no middleman yeah in in non-new york city places when you hold your hand up some dude runs up and gives you a high five so (laughs) it's a little different if it's a little different yeah um yeah, in non-New York places, my understanding was that you would call a dispatcher, and there are many dispatchers who worked with a set. I don't know if, know if it was an overlapping set, but certainly a set of drivers, taxi drivers, and then eventually, hopefully, maybe someone would come pick you up. Um, and I believe the way it would work is that the the dispatcher would register your request. They'd be like, got you, and then hang up, but you didn't know when the person was going to show up. And that's exactly how moving cars works. Um, so our first dispatcher was like, there's not that much to this job. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of like people management, but like, you know, that's, that's the job I would imagine is coordinating with the truckers. And I'm sure there's a lot of coordination and coordinating with the people who want their car shipped, who, have needs and are maybe anxious. It's a customer service and logistics thing. And this person was really bad at the communicating with me part of it because she quoted me X amount of dollars, actually, let's say $1,000 to move the car across the country. And then three days after it was supposed to be picked up when I kept trying to call her and ascertain why it hadn't been picked up yet. And I finally got a hold of her. She told me that Oh yeah, like the going rate for the truckers now is two thousand dollars. That would have been good to know. Like a week ago, I I could have thought about it and be like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. So, anyways, paid a lot more money than I thought I was going to pay to actually get it shipped out. And one interesting thing is, like, then after the dispatcher gets your car to the guy, now you're in you're in a completely different environment. Now you're working with this, I think, all like sole proprietorship guys who own a truck and they drive cars across the country they do everything they fix the truck as was the case with my guy whose truck broke before he came to me he had to fix he had to fix the truck i thought that he he meant that he had to get the truck fixed he was fixing the truck and they load the cars they unload the cars they text with all the people and they blah 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 uh so anyways eventually the car got loaded on the thing but it, it was a huge hassle. Would not recommend in any other environment where used cars are not worth a bazillion dollars. Just don't do it. I will say that there were some really shitty cars coming off of this truck. And I was like, you paid at least $2,500 to have that shipped here. 
But I hope you said that in front of the other person. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe people collect like, you know, 2008 Honda Accords or something. Well, but. you know, I knew somebody who did this. They they had to move across the country and they had a car and it wasn't a very good car. But what they did is they filled the car with all their stuff. They didn't have a lot of stuff, so they filled the car, and that was like their full moving expense was the cost to ship the car. I was told you're not allowed to do that, but when I dropped off the car, I had gotten out of the car, and I'm talking to the guy, and I say, do you want me to take my stuff out of it? Because it was, you know, I thought that was just a courteous thing to say. What I really should have said was, I need to take some stuff out of it, (laughs) because after this, I'm going to the airport, and... And he said, oh, no, for you, like, you had so, so much uh, heartache with this. I'll let you leave the stuff in it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I need this stuff. <laughs> so apparently like, you're, you're a like, nice guy, but <laughs> if you slip them like 100 bucks or something, they might let you fill it up with luggage or, or whatever. So, yeah, maybe that's what it was. And then you get a free car out of the deal. Shipping the car was definitely less expensive than shipping everything else. Uh, Fair. So speaking of everything else, so the stuff. Our stuff got picked up on the 4th, I think, January 4th, and I finally arrived, what, January 14th, I finally ended up here, and I show up, and we're in this house, and there's there's nothing in the house, except a much better air mattress that I thankfully had the foresight to order, like, many weeks ago, which had arrived, which is great. Uh, so we're sleeping on this much better air mattress and we have actual sheets now and it's great. Uh, but there's, you know, nothing to do, but nothing to entertain ourselves with, but lots to do cleaning stuff. We finally got all the house stuff done by the weekend. And so Saturday morning, we're like, well, now what are we going to do? It's like COVID can't, we're not going to go out anywhere. Like, well, we have this little teeny tiny, but you know, big by New York standards, but small by anyone else's standards backyard. Let's figure out what we're going to do with it. So we go out onto our our little balcony, one floor up, which looks out over our little tiny yard. And we're looking at it like, oh, you know, maybe put the light there and like a chair and an umbrella. And I look across the street or not across the street, but the sidewalk, which is, you know, I can see on the beyond the yard onto the road. And there's this guy looking right into my eyes, just right into my, which is really weird. And and like holding holding my gaze that's weird and then he walks down the alleyway and like up to us and says hey is this 624 like uh yeah i've got all your stuff (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) the move i've got all the stuff oh shit so no warning there's supposed there's this whole thing on the website like we'll call you 24 hours in advance before the stuff gets there to schedule your move. Mm. No, no communication. Oh, oh, we did say like, oh, we didn't get a call. And the guy goes, oh, I called you to Lena because Lena was the one who did all this. And she checked her phone. He called 15 minutes ago oh, uh, when he could find the house. <laughs> <laughs> so we surprised, got everything moved in. I thought it was going to be another week and a half. Um. And then similarly with the car, like on Tuesday, like I said, I got a text at four in the morning. Surprise, the car is here. In both cases, by the way, the air tags were not, they were very sporadically useful. Mm -hmm. I think it was more useful, like when it was on the East Coast, you could really track the movements. Uh, But as soon as it started to go west, uh, you would get like an update every two or three days. Um. So that's that's the move. I'll check that one wow. off, off the spreadsheet. Wow. And so what what's the uh, what's the damage report? A- anything mm-hmm. anything busted up and moving? One picture frame which is fine. It's a plastic picture a plastic picture frame with glass front which mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that shattered. Uh I thought there was something else but I can't remember what it was. That's there, are, not bad. there are a couple other things that, you know, some large books very clearly got uh, mishandled. And actually, I think the problem was that when we moved from uh, New York to Connecticut, uh, we never unpacked some of the boxes. And I think those were the boxes in which things broke because they were not packed for extended travel. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But yeah, otherwise not bad. Um, nice. Internet. So I maybe we talked about this on the show. Probably not. That I tried to get fiber internet, but then the guy mm-hmm. came and the, the the tubes were literally clogged with dirt because it rained <laughs> so much in Seattle that. And I see these things everywhere, and I never knew what they were. These like large pill shaped covers on the ground with like a nondescript logo on it. Inside of there are pipes, and inside the pipes are wires. And the wires go to houses via the pipes. And the pipes had filled with dirt. So they couldn't get the pipes through. And you got to get a plumber, I guess. I don't know. I actually read about a cool solution to this, which is if you have the other side of the pipe, you attach the, you take the wire you want to run through the pipe. Uh, and you attach it to a plastic bag. And you like jam it in the hole a little bit until it doesn't go anymore. And then on the other end, you attach a super high-powered vacuum. And then it just sucks the plastic bag and the wire through the tube. And apparently in like shop facts, you can set like, don't collect the dirt, just like eject it out the other end, like a snowblower. <laughs> and you shoot the, all the shit out the other side. And then the, it, when the, the thing will like it'll clog with the plastic bag and then you, you've got your wire. But I don't know whose property this is on. So got Comcast internet. So... The other problem is uh, this is a three-story house, except the first level is just this room and a garage. And the second level is basically just the living room. And the third level is just the uh, bedroom. Mm-hmm. And in each room or in each level, there's a coax outlet. So I thought, great. Uh, Lena doesn't need super fast, reliable internet, so I'll put the router down here, and then we can, like, fin- however we want to do it. My first thought was you can do those Ethernet over coax things I read about, you know, to put another access point upstairs or something. Or you could do the Eero thing, whatever. Uh, so I go in and in here, and I plug in the router, and nothing happens uh, at all. No lights. Nothing. And then I plug it in. I was like, okay, that's not great. But I guess if we put it on like the central floor, it'll probably be fine. Um, put it on the central floor, nothing. No lights. Put it on the third floor, it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, you know, I tried to use the coax over ether, uh, the Ethernet over coax. That stuff didn't work either. And then finally, I was like, well, what's behind the wall? And behind the outlet is, in each outlet, there are two coax cables unplugged except for the one upstairs where there is two coax cables one of which is plugged into the faceplate thing Mm -hmm. so apparently the way this works is every coax outlet is connected to another one and they kind of form a ring uh and that's and it's just literally a signal so like you're tapping into the signal and that's how that shit works and one thing I read was like, if you want to get really fast intern cable internet, if you have a really big coax network in your house, it'll mess it up. So my only theory is that someone unplugged all of them to get faster internet. But when I tried to plug them all in, it still didn't work. <laughs> like I thought that when I plugged the two coax cables together in the upstairs, the left one definitely works. The right one. I assume goes somewhere else that one of the other outlets would start one of the other wires in one of the other outlets would start working. It did not. So I don't know what the hell is going on, but I also, there was a bunch of, I think I maybe figured it out though, because later on I was like in the living room, there's a bunch of these empty face plates with like nothing on it, a blank face plate. So I was like, what's behind these behind them was like, like a, the remnants of a nineties surround sound wire set up wire yeah and behind another one of them was another fucking coax cable (laughs) unplugged so i think that was probably the missing piece and that like that one other cable went down to this other coax outlet um or something i don't know so anyways then we were i was like screw it and i got lena's permission to run i didn't know they made these flat ethernet cables so I got a white, mm-hmm. a 100-foot white flat Ethernet cable and 
nailed it into the wall and very laboriously ran it all the way down the stairs and then down the stairs again and then over here. So that could explain why my internet is so crisp uh, because I'm actually wired in right now, despite the fact I'm super far away from the router. He's jacked in. That's fascinating. Uh, my apartment has four coax inputs. That's a lot. There are four inputs to the apartment. There's one. There's one. Oh, like in, inputs on somewhere outside the apartment. There are four cables that go into the apartment somewhere. Well, right. So, so there are there are four places where a coax cable comes into the apartment. There are mm. two face plates in the bedroom. And then, oh, and that's not to mention the 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 litany of coax cables that is running through my closet and presumably going other places. Like it neither starts nor ends in my apartment. And then, yeah, there's one there's one coax cable, like just a cable that's like in it's above my refrigerator. There's a cabinet, and in the cabinet is where the gas meter is. But there's also like a twelve foot long coax cable that comes out of the wall in there and i've tried to use that one and doesn't work and then there's one that comes out of the wall in a weirdly high like outlet thing in my living room and that is that is the one that works but there are also two in the bedroom here that don't do anything but now i'm wondering if one of those if one of the bedroom ones is connected to like the fridge one or something yeah just take off the faceplate you might find just the unplugged wire back there you know if there's two things I've learned in my many years of home ownership and rental, it's it's a cable installers are absolutely the laziest utility guys you'll ever have who spend zero time trying to figure out what the last guy did. And instead just run more. Their, their default answer is just run more wires, just run more wires, <laughs> just run more wires. I was so excited. I whacked this uh, just run more wires. And so you end up with a million wires and then they had satellite at one point so they ran a cable from the roof and then you had this the other thing i've learned is that cable is a a wildly inefficient way to transmit the internet because when i bought this house i had the comcast guy come and hook it up and he was like oh this isn't good he's hooking up so he he brings out this super fancy like thing you plug the cable into and it tells you the signal strength i thought about buying one of those then i was like (laughs) how far down this rabbit hole am i gonna go well, and the guy was like, oh, man, there's something really whack in your system. He like had to go room to room checking all the like to eventually find up in a drop ceiling that some jag off who had no idea what he was doing, connected a bunch of them together and screwed up the whole system. Like, it's so, so easy for some guy to just go in and play with it and goof it around that it's it's never, ever going to work that well. But I'm surprised. I was really hoping you were going to say you took the mesh challenge because <laughs> I have had. Awesome. My house isn't as tall, but my house is a lot. It's almost 1,800 square feet. It's it's two stories, and it's very long. And I had a terrible time with Wi-Fi, and I've had awesome success with the mesh routers. I was reading about... So one problem is I do want low latency for, for the Smash Bros. That is that is one problem. Fair. Um, and the reason... I was reading the reason why um, mesh routers especially, it's really bad for latency it's not just the fact that you have two kind of slow things talking to each other and you're adding those those times together but the way that i guess any kind of radio at least the way wi-fi radios work is when you're really close to the router let me let me back up you have like say you have five things connected to a router it doesn't send uh it's not always talking to all five of them it addresses each individually. Like the router is like, okay, now I'm going to talk to Colby and now I'm going to talk to Sean. Now I'm going to talk to Colby. Now I'm going to talk to Sean. And if a router is actually much faster, if all of those things are the same distance away or require the same of energy to transmit to, because if they require more or less energy, the router actually like switches in between the packets. It's like, okay, now I have to talk to Sean. Oh, okay. Now I have to talk to Colby. <laughs> now I have to talk to Sean. Uh, and so when you have like a mesh system and the typically the way they ha- you have it set up is you don't want the mesh routers super close together because then there's right. like problems with that. So you have to keep them kind of far apart. But then you are always incurring this cost of like sometimes it's shouting and sometimes it's talking, which makes the latency especially bad, which is a fun fact. But if you don't care about latency... 
hey, it did seem like the way easier solution. Hey, look, I'll never knock anybody for the laboriously running an extra long wire. Like <laughs> I, that's that's my favorite. I've done plenty of drop ceilings, plenty of I, I literally purchased one of those wire snakes <laughs> that, that I permanently own to get wires in walls. That's a, so qu- here's a question that I didn't know the answer to and didn't bother to look up. If if I had the purview and the energy to run a wire through a wall, mm-hmm. how would I actually do that? Uh, it depends. It depends on, on where you're coming from and where you're going to, because all different parts of houses are built different ways. So how would going, I know? How would I know what's it's all, the wall? It's all It's all guesswork. Oh, That's boy. what it is. It, it gets tricky if you're going from like a first floor down to a basement where you're going into a concrete or where that sort of main structure, there's a sill that goes all the way around that makes it very difficult. I learned that if you're going from like a first floor up to a second or third floor, it's much easier because they don't build them as thoroughly through, but it, it is, it's difficult to run, believe it or not, a real electrician, not one of us if you are going multiple stories, they actually run it on the outside of the studs behind the siding, not on the inside. It, oh. It's it's really difficult. If you're going within the same room, it's not as bad. But when you go story to story, it's uh, so even it's within the same room, right? Like, say I had all these blank face plates and behind yep. them are holes in the wall. Mm-hmm. Um. Say I wanted to, for example, in the in the upstairs, this is actually convenient. The upstairs closet was very clearly where this like two generations ago owner had his crazy surround sound set up in the 90s. And there's this closet with power outlets in it and blank faceplates behind which speaker wire. So if I wanted to replace that speaker wire with with Ethernet, which I don't want to, it wouldn't accomplish anything. But say I did, I it's easy to yank the speaker wire out. But then how would I actually get the Ethernet to go you, from the closet into the into the other place? You are in such that is the best situation you can be in, because all you do is duct tape the end of the Ethernet to the end of the speaker wire and use the speaker wire to pull it through. But in order to do that, I have to pull the speaker wire out, right? Yeah, you don't want to leave the speaker wire in, though. So what is step one? Step one is take the end of the Ethernet to the end of the speaker wire and tape them together so they're attached. So out of the way other side of wherever it is on the other side, when you go to pull the speaker wire, it'll pull the Ethernet wire behind it and you're just replacing it. Somebody did the hard part for you. Now, the only issue might be, and I have run into this, is the head of an Ethernet is larger than the cable itself and certainly larger than a speaker wire. So some of the you have to make sure the holes in the walls are big enough, um, but you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, the speaker wire it's like the old component stuff. It's like five cables glued together. I don't think I don't know if it's literally yeah. or just but with age. Y- you do need to make sure that you attach the crap out of that Ethernet because what you don't want to do is yank on the speaker wire and get it stuck in the wall. Yeah, I've okay. done that. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. It's not fun. No, no, no. Running, running. I believe me. I running wires through the wall is is an enormous pain. Really, honestly, it's more work than just nailing it to the wall like you did. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I might have to have you over to run some wires in my apartment. <laughs> but you know what the thing is, Colby? Your walls scare the crap out of me for the age of that building. That that's you know like a, a house built in the eighties or something like I can pr- I know decently how where the walls are and how they work. Lord knows what's well. In your walls. The thing the thing about my walls is there are there are multiple layers of wall. Like no. if you look if you look in my ceiling, there's another ceiling above my ceiling. Because oh, you know what, Colby? Honestly, I'm just gonna bring a staple gun. And take the, the along the floor, tunk, 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 and just staple it all the way down. You put a rug over well, it; it's I can fine. Do no one will notice. Myself, I don't need <laughs> flat Ethernet cables. Would make. I wish I because I was running Ethernet cable under my rug in my old place, and it just stuck up. I didn't know there was flat Ethernet cable. I I so I'm I'm wired in right now, and I have an Ethernet cable that runs from my desk, which is as far as possible from the the internet egress point in the other room so but i've been so indecisive for months about how to 
secure the Ethernet cable that is just like strewn across the floor, like unsecured. Oh, go try try mesh. I mean, you got a small place. You could probably do two units. Maybe, but the problem is my Wi-Fi doesn't even work in the same fucking room. Oh, boy. oh, that's right. Yes, you've got lead line walls. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll do the. I'll, I'll make this my my pick. Is this uh, flat Ethernet set that I got uh, that includes with it these little bracket that you can nail into your wall and nails and all. Don't need anything. I'll just BYO hammer. I mean, I did joke, though, but also make sure you get the right size. But a staple gun actually would work really well for this. I have a staple gun. You just just definitely check the width before you start putting a bunch of holes in the <laughs> in the Ethernet wire. That happened at another house I lived at where I had an issue with the cable. Uh, and it turns out some guy in the basement had stapled it to the ceiling and he put a bunch of the staples through the ether through the uh, the coaxial line. Uh yeah, that was great. Boy. Um in other news, another thing that happened when we got here was there is no there isn't a regular doorbell here. There is only a ring doorbell, but we couldn't use it because it wasn't connected to our account. Although I later learned that if you had rung the doorbell, it would have actually rang the doorbell in addition to with all the smart stuff. So we got the owner to like disassociate the account he's like all right now you can use it then i went i should have done this again i should have done this before i embarked upon this i was like okay how do i like adopt a ring doorbell into into my account it's like oh well you just gotta like scan the qr code on the box it's like well i don't have the box (laughs) oh then just like scan the qr code on the back like the back and i was like how the fuck do you get this thing off the wall like, oh, you just got to use the screwdriver that came in the box. The special, I the I know that screw the special screwdriver. Oh my god! So somehow, uh, again, I was not very optimistic. I was like, I guess tomorrow morning I'll go to the local mom and pop hardware store and see if they have a T6 Torx screwdriver just in case. And but probably have to like hit up you know Amazon double dip in here. They they've got two different people for the same screwdriver for this goddamn bell. And this, they had it, they had a T six screwdriver. So I came back and I was able to set it up. These things are not very useful because especially the ring, I give the ring a very poor review. Here's how I imagined that smart doorbells worked. Um, you, when someone rings the doorbell, you get to see who's there. That part actually works. Um, when someone rings the doorbell, you get a notification. That works. But all of the stuff that you would think about, like, um, if I'm not home and there's and someone's, like, at my door but doesn't ring the doorbell, I want to be notified. I want to see what happened. Uh, that works. Um, that works, but it really sucks. And let me explain. So when you, when you install the Circle app, one of the, like, onboarding steps is, like, oh, hey, do you want to... Um, enable geofencing so like we'll we'll change your your home from like home to away autumn actually didn't say that but i immediately was like well that must be how it works right because they had previously had me set up modes like do you want to enable modes like home mode and away mode and disarm was like yes and then do you want to enable geofencing i was like yes great of course when (laughs) i leave home it should automatically go to away when i arrive home it should change um first of all it doesn't do that at all. All the geofencing does is send you a push notification for you to change that yourself. So like, <laughs> hey, you just got home. You might want to arm your thing. Hey, you just left. Maybe cl- click through here to then click this button, then click another button, which sucks. Then the other problem is, of course, as soon as you encounter that, you're like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to always have it on away mode. Oh, right. The other problem was <laughs> when you set up the modes... By default, the modes don't do anything. The modes are just like labels that you can assign behavior to. And by default, they are all assigned the same behavior, which is to change nothing. So for a couple of days, I was changing these modes and nothing was happening and I had no idea. (laughs) 
And so finally, I'm like, well, I guess I will just always have it set to away mode because it's a three-story house. I want to know if someone's at the door at night. I'm upstairs. But I don't really care about that at 2 o'clock in the afternoon while I'm working from home. Like, I don't need, like, because there's lots of spurious notifications because there's neighbors, the cars going in and out, people are walking by, the mailman, blah, blah, blah. And the zones don't really help there. Uh, because the the doorbell looks down the houses. And so, right? So, like, if a person's at the doorbell, they're going to be in the middle of the frame. And if a car is pulling out next door, it's also going to be in the middle of the frame. So it's, like, it's, like, useless. But, but, so for a while, I was, like, you know what? I'm only going to turn this on when I'm, like, leaving home for a while. And, and otherwise, I'm just going to have it be the, uh, it only does something if someone presses the button mode. But, then, when I was setting up all the smart home stuff, which I didn't really do at my last place because I was too lazy, I remembered Homebridge. And Homebridge has a Ring plugin, and you can hook your Ring doorbell up to HomeKit. And now, all of a sudden, you can use the HomeKit geofencing thing to arm and disarm your doorbell and actually change the way it behaves. And that works remarkably, but it, it does work. Uh, the other cool thing is Homebridge will do like the, you remember from the Apple keynote and someone rings your doorbell and then like the, the video pops up in the Apple TV and your home pod rings and all that stuff. Homebridge will, it'll turn your ring doorbell into one of those. It's super cool. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I think those, are those all the smart home innovations? We got a, we got a HomePod mini. It seems fine. It does ring, which is nice. So now there's a doorbell, there's like a doorbell I don't know what you call it, speaker, upstairs and downstairs, which is cool. Yeah, the the rings are, that's the smart home device for the people who don't know any better. My brother has like the whole ring security system with like the keypad and the sensors, and it's not, it's not worth a damn. I, I'm, their stuff isn't very good, but I'll tell you, Dan, I'll, I'll plug this for you, but I just spent, I had taken them all down when my siding was put on. I finally put them back up this weekend, all of my wise cameras and what I do is on a bunch of the windows, I just run the power cable through the window, plug it in inside, and then I just stick them to the outside of the window. And I've got a monitoring basically the whole property 360. And those detect people better than a doorbell camera. That was um, the other thing. It was I was expecting in the doorbell to be able to say, only notify me about people. Yes. Uh, and HomeKit can do that. And the Ring app can't. It's like... Yep. It's just any motion at all. It's like, it will tell you. So this is the frustrating thing. In the notification from the Ring app, it will say, there's a person at your front door or there's a package at your front door. But you can't in the app say, I only care about those things. Uh, you can only say, enable motion alerts or not. Right, you get a lot of alerts. Yeah. So or at least I do, did when you're on a busy street. Yes. And what so what you do is you enable motion alerts and then you disable notifications from the circle, or not circle, the Ring app. Actually, isn't that confusing? There's Circle and Ring, and they both make cameras. <laughs> um, you disable notifications from from the Ring app, but then in HomeKit, whenever it, uh, whenever motion is detected at your door, the camera will become active. HomeKit will see the image, will start detecting its own people, and then will send you notifications. So it might be a little slower, but I prefer that to, like, I don't care if someone's at my door for five seconds and then leaves. Um, right. If something bad's going to happen, it, they're going to be there for more than five seconds. In my, uh, see, these are all all my wise events, and you see they're tagged vehicle, and I can hit person, and it'll just auto filter them to just nice. That's cool. The ones with people, where it's like here I am, um, earlier today when I was getting home from uh, getting home from work. In my There's snow. Wild. There is a, we got a little dusting uh, last <laughs> night, so a little a little bit. But anyway, um, no, I know the the camera stuff is is still is not very good, unfortunately. The HomeKit geofencing, though, last time I tried to use it, it did not work, and now it does. Uh, but the last time was like four years ago, I think. The one gotcha that we encountered was the first couple times we we tried. So I have an automation that's like when the last person leaves the house. Uh, turn off all the lights and then set the thing to away mode, and it was yep. never working. 
But then I realized it was because Lena was not bringing her Apple Watch with her. And you can configure somewhere. It's one of those Apple settings that it's like impossible to intuit where it is, how to determine where your location is. And you can tell it only care about my phone or care about my phone and watch. Um, so if anyone else runs into that, that, that was confusing. Whew. Okay. I think that's everything. Wow. Dan, holy smokes. Yeah. Woo, I'm winded. That was, <laughs> that was something else. Well, we're glad you're you're figuring stuff out, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about... Oh, here's the other thing I might need your advice on, Sean. Maybe we talked about this. Uh, our garage door opener, um, there's a little dingus. You, you press the button on it, and it opens the garage door pretty much only if you're in the garage and not in the car. Like, it really sucks. <laughs> yeah. If you're outside of the garage in the car, no chance. If you're outside of the garage and you step out of the car and you walk towards the garage, eventually, if you press it enough times, it will close the door. Um, and I guess what I should do is replace that remote because it seems like all remotes are pretty much compatible with all garage door openers for the most part. And something about the color of the learn button in the back but should I get into the smart garage door opener business? The smart, if I had to list from A to Z, which smart home stuff you should get into first, smart garage door is like number one or two on the list. It's it's like 30 bucks compatible with the vast majority of garage door openers. It requires basically other than like screwing it into the ceiling because it's got to be up in the ceiling near your garage door opener and then you plug it into whatever the same outlet that powers your garage door just opener. because the wires from it need to connect to the little wire no. terminals no no so it, it's called my q myq okay, i saw this one yeah and what it does is it essentially it sends out a wireless signal mm. to your garage door opener. So it's essentially replicating the remote but it has wi-fi in it so it has to be in your garage within they say to mount it on the ceiling near the thing, but you can, there's some wiggle room there. Um, but it just uses the wireless signals. And I'm telling you, the app is very easy. It's got all the different smart home integration stuff. Um, it does now, geofencing. So when you leave, it'll automatically close. I was reading about the MyQ that you need another dingus to connect it to HomeKit. Have you, can you uh, confirm or deny this? So, but then do I care about it being in HomeKit? Maybe that's. Well, that's, that's the question. I never. Bless you. Bless you. Oh my goodness, my apologies. Um no, I didn't I was never a big home kit guy, so it never really bothered me one way or the other. So I don't it worked great for me without any kind of extra hub. I just bought the um I just bought the little uh the little gizmo. The little dingus. So you how would you use it? Like you you get in your car and you open up your phone. You press the button to open the garage door. Yeah. Uh, yes, I would do it even before I left. So okay, even from sure. inside, I would hit it and open it um, and it would go up. And then as I left, you can set it. If you're trusting that your GPS is going to work right, you can have it automatically close when you leave. Um, but I believe you can also set in the app a timer where like if my garage door is open more than a minute, close it. Um, there was a lot of flexibility around that. Hmm. Um, but what was really great when I was like in the yard or doing lawn work or something, and I'm like, oh shit, I got to grab something out of the garage to be able to open it from the phone, um, was great. And I believe, I think at one point I had a timer set up, uh, through Ift or something like that, where every morning at a certain time I would have it open because I went to work at the same time every day. Um, and so you can do things like that too. Cool. I mean, again, that my whole point is like, is this the most like aggressive smart home, like smartest smart home thing ever? No, but it's also 30 bucks and requires very little installation. So I wouldn't say it was the best thing I ever did, but it was useful enough to warrant its cost and hassle. Okay. So right. I, 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 to me, me, no brainer, but, um, but you got to, and you got to also check to make sure that it's uh, compatible. It is because garage door openers are one of those sneaky monopolies 
where they actually like one company owns 90 percent of the market so it should um, yeah since like i was reading since 1993 or something or or 97 for a long time yeah it's the chamberlain people uh and they are uh they own all the other brands it's sneaky so anyway that's a that's a good one. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I would say is a no-brainer now that you have a full-size house. <laughs> well, well, well. I recently in the in the in the time in between now and when we last did a show, I I fully published my my whistle the lights on switch thing for HomeKit. So nice. Yeah, I think it works. It works on my computer. I don't know if it works on anyone else's computer. I've I've had no reports, but no one's like opened an issue or something saying it did. So hit us with that link. Hit us with the link. I, I hope it's not distracting you from your full time job at Tweed. <laughs> at Tweed dot system. At Tweed dot system. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I think, Colby, you got to go viral with this. And the way to do that is you got to find somebody with a bird. <laughs> and then you got to set it so the bird can turn the lights on and off. Mm. Absolute chaos. I, I think I think that that's like that's YouTube gold. Oh, yeah. My, my two cents for what it's worth. Um, yeah, I've been. Um, what's this? I got a uh, I got some kind of. Uh, Mac app that I can control all my devices from. So home control. We might have talked about this. It's been great. Oh my god! There's a HomeBridge plugin for my queue, so you don't need to buy their seventy dollar bridge that is out of stock everywhere <sighs> to use their thirty dollar garage door opener. HomeBridge is I, amazing. I think, I think you got that's good. now. Do you have a smart lock on the door? No, which I do miss. Do you, um, do you have a? Is it a deadbolt with a handle? Like on the inside, yeah. Well, gee, I want to say is you have two separate locks, one being a deadbolt, the other being that door handle. I think we only have a deadbolt. But here's the crazy part about about both the front door and the door from the garage to the house. They both lock. If you want to lock it from the inside, you need to use the key. It's the same. It's the same thing on both sides. Oh, key on key. You. I've never like seen that no- before. That's a no-brainer for a smart lock right there. That's a bad Then I have to replace lock. the lock, no. right? I'm gonna I Dan, wise Jesus. lock. I'm a sucker for these wise people. But it goes on the it replaces the back of the deadbolt. The front of the deadbolt stays on there. Well, that's what I'm saying is the back of the deadbolt and the front of the deadbolt are exactly the same. They're both keys. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll work. So you can use a key on one side, and then on the inside part, you'll now be able to just turn to lock it or automatically lock it. And then you get the little keypad accessory, and you can keypad in. And I how love destructive my is the installation of this wise I put it in two or three rentals. And oh. as long as you keep the back half in a drawer somewhere, oh if you God. ever move out, you just it's two screws. Honestly, this thing is like, it's incredible. And the number pad is great when multiple people live there. So you, you never have to worry about a key. You can do all the smart home stuff. Like it automatically locks behind you and all that, you know, at a certain time of night, it can lock. I, 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 oh, I love mine. My God. I was surprised at how much we missed the smart lock that was in the old house. Yeah. Uh, or the old apartment, especially yeah. because now we have to lock out on the inside. It's a pain when you like you go and you 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 come home and you you bring your keys upstairs and they're three floors up now and you forget to lock the door you go all the way upstairs grab the lock come back down. And it's really easy because it's so hard to lock the door to you're like oh I'll lock it later and then you haven't you actually you've left the door unlocked all day long. Yep. Honestly, I think my favorite part, probably most underrated is having a keypad in addition to a smart lock because what happens is like I'll le- I'll step out of the house and want to lock the door behind me, but I don't want to pull out a key, nor do I want to pull out an app. I just type in the key, hit the lock button, the, the pad, hit the button, and it just locks. It's wireless, so you can kind of stick it anywhere. Anyway, that that's my pitch, but I that's probably second on my list of, like, pretty easy to install, a little more expensive, but I've never had an issue. So... All right. Anyway, I'm gonna, gonna Dan, to continue to just give me your credit card, <laughs> and I'll just like send you a bunch of stuff, man, and I'll t- I'll take care of you. 
So this I is promise. very exciting. I thought all these things were not possible, and now Sean's just telling me that my dreams can come true. Oh, as someone who has like 40 smart home devices and has moved them three times, anything is possible. I I've I've done I've wired in smart in-wall switches and moved them. So you just I have done that too. I haven't moved them yet, but Yep. Yep, good times. Oh, Chrome has discovered that the uh, the password to my home bridge, which no one else can access, is is admin admin, and it just helpfully told me that uh, <laughs> that has been included in a data breach somewhere. <laughs> there's there's some guy who like chose that as his username and password. Be <laughs> like his name is like Adam Minotola, and so he's just admin. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, that's really cool. Um. Guys, we've gone 45 minutes, uh, if you can believe it, just talking about this. uh, There is tech news in here, if there's any one particular story you want to talk about. Otherwise, I'm going to shuffle us over to picks, and we're just not going to do news. So, I don't know Um, if you've been following the news. I know the 5G airplane thing. News hiatus of, like, real news. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the... We've got Microsoft's uh, Activision Blizzard. That was uh, the thing purchase. where, like, I was still on Twitter, but I wa- I wasn't going to NewYorkTimes.com. I wasn't going on like I unsubscribed from all the depressing Reddit's I subscribed to about the coronavirus and so forth. And I went on Reddit one day, and everyone was like, "You know how you sometimes you can't like no one's coming out and talking about it's all subtweets, right? So no one's talking about the thing that that they're talking about." But I could, I was like, "Wait a second. What are all these like Overwatch memes doing here? And well, so that did pierce that pierced my news my news bubble. That's an interesting one. That's a lot of money. Yes, well, it's um, it's what almost three, a little less than three LinkedIn's. Um, if you use that, or it's sixty eight YouTube's uh, if you use that metric. So, uh, sixty eight. 0.7 billion Microsoft's going to buy Activision Blizzard. Uh, they're going to get franchises like Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Call of Duty, Candy Crush. Um, they say they're going to put as many of those on Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass as soon as possible. Uh, lately, we haven't talked about the show. Activision Blizzard has been under a blizzard of bad press <laughs> for uh, a culture of constant sexual harassment. Um Uh, a large exit of employees, among other things. This is after Microsoft purchased Bethesda last year for $7.5 billion. Um, They now own 23 game studios, first party. So many. Yeah, they own a lot. Uh, And so, yeah, so that's, that's the story. Good for them. Xbox Game Pass, very compelling. I will say, yeah, the I'm. Uh, I think in two years I might end up having to buy an Xbox. I feel like all the games I'm looking forward to are actually now surprise Xbox exclusive games, presumably. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. And um, Spencer, is it Phil Spencer? That sounds John right. Spencer, Phil Spector? Rick, Rick Spencer? I don't know. Some guy named Spencer. Phil Spencer, <laughs> who's head of Microsoft Gaming, came out. And of course, they can always change their mind later. But he said, no, no, we want to keep them on PlayStation. We want to keep them on other platforms. It's in our best interest. said that interest. about Call of Duty. Uh, that's true. That's true. But I, I, uh, the businessman in me says more platforms is better, not less. Like, I think if Microsoft could do mobile, better mobile versions of some of these things, they would. I think, you know, it, it's I don't think making them Xbox exclusive is what helps them if they can sell them for full price on other platforms. Maybe. I hope so. But I, I think I think it's all about the subscription business. And I think it's all about IP. I mean, that's why Disney bought all the movies and TV shows. And, um, you know, it's it's just that thing of it's it's not about hardware or anything. It's just about having brands and having IP and having the games so you can sell your streaming service. Brands, it's all guys. It's all that's why the don't panic brand is so valuable. <laughs> when is someone going to buy this right. brand? We'll we'll go on Xbox Game Pass. I don't mind. 
um, can listen to us for free anyway. while you're uh, playing Call of Duty. <laughs> Imagine if we cut a deal to be like the exclusive soundtrack of Call of Duty, where the only music that plays is us talking. We're just on all the radios <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I think the radio and the games just these guys talking. <laughs> they're, they're talking about burying pipes in muddy uh, in, in the muddy ground. What is this? Um, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to picks. I think that's about all the news we can handle. Um, we haven't had picks in a couple weeks. So this is exciting. I think this is the first picks of 2022. So I hope there's some good stuff here. Dan, I'll give you the four briefly. We already talked about this. Your flat internet cables. Yeah. Yeah, it was surprisingly cheap. Uh, let me find how much was this thing again? A hundred uh, feet for about twenty bucks. Hundred feet for twenty bucks includes the nails and the brackets to nail into the wall, and you can run it under carpets. You can run it along walls. You can run it on the ceiling. Uh, it's a great hack if you if you can't run it through the walls and need to get Ethernet somewhere. And apparently, there's now Cat Seven wire. Which I didn't. Even I was know reading about that. I, and I there's think cat it's bullshit. eight guys. Yeah. How high does this thing? Go? I was reading about that, and everything above cat six is apparently bullshit because, like, no gigabit is the highest like ports that we have on almost anything. Mm. Uh, and so, the higher grade stuff is not worth it. Well, here on Amazon, they have a cat eight gold plated cord. 100 feet for uh, $38. So if you're feeling like splurging. Oh, baby. This one will actually go up to you. Can get, for $67, you can get a 150 foot cable. That's wild. Um, what, what is also crazy is for the flat Ethernet cable, how small 100, 100 feet is. It's like less than the size of a personal pizza. No, it, it and it comes in that nice roll. Mm hmm. And you don't want to unroll it. It's just too perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, very nice. Colby, you have a uh, another uh, work from home yeah. accessory. I got a monitor arm for my for my monitor. See? Ready? Nice. Ready? Ready? I need two hands. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Like floating above space here. <laughs> Whoa. It, it only just can accommodate my my 10 year old apple like 20 pound <laughs> cinema display god yeah. bless it i had to tighten some of the the joints um because it was it would just like droop droop forward but it does it does work it wasn't that expensive this one was way cheaper than the other ones and it works fine and that was, mm -hmm. I think this one was also the, the Jarvis one was also the, the wire cutters pick for, for that exact reason. They were like, it's totally fine. And it's like $150 less expensive. Um, yeah, no, I kind of like it. I haven't used it to, uh, stand up, but in work, but I could, if I wanted to, and that's really what's important. It's good to have options. Yeah. Nice. Did you? Is the is their wire management tray the one you got? No, theirs was expensive. Got a different one. I got a different one. I'll pick that next week. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Some good looking stuff. That's great. That is excellent. Um, I'm gonna go last here. Uh, I do. I, I guess I also have a work from home accessory. Uh, if you think about it, I. So to back up very briefly. I got an office at work, which was kind of exciting. Hadn't had one there yet. And my family, as a congratulations, bought me a Keurig machine for my office, which was very nice of them. Um, but they got me, which is I wanted, they got me the Duo, which is the new one that's both a Keurig machine and a drip coffee maker in one. It's a very nice, for Keurigs, it's a nice piece of equipment. And I like having the options. The issue is I cannot do drip coffee in full caffeinated because I go crazy. I bounce, I like am electric if I drink a pot of caffeinated coffee. And when it's the only, when I'm the only one in the office, in my office drinking it, I'll drink eight cups of it and just die. Oof. So <laughs> I have to do half calf. 
but it's hard to find half calf in like not Folgers, which by the way, the Folgers half calf is fine. I'm not going to knock it. It's fine. So I did a lot of research and I found Maud's world's best half calf ground coffee. I purchased on Amazon and it's very good coffee. And what they do is they it's half uh, roasted caffeinated beans and half decaffeinated beans. Um, and it comes both as ground and it also comes in K cups. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a really good cup of coffee. That's half calf. So if you're like me and you want something a little less caffeinated, uh, give this a shot. I liked it a lot. Sean, have you ever tried making your own half calf? That <sighs> sounds like work. That's not, oh, that sounds, that could be a next career for you. Sounds hard, but that actually is. You, can I be a hundred percent honest with you, Colby? I know I made a joke out of that. I literally had not thought of that until you said that. Because I'm like, I'm like, look, you have to be like a professional coffee roaster to do that, right? And you're like, no, you just pour half caff in and half decaf in. And I'm like, huh, all right, that's interesting. I may have to try I that. I never would have thought of that myself. That was a that's a that's a Laura invention. <laughs> well, hey, look, if she has any like blends she likes of like this coffee and that coffee, you let me I know. Think, I'm interested. She doesn't do it that much anymore, but she used to do it like the. She would get, she got coffee at a place here and they had the same, they had a caffeinated and decaffeinated version of the same roast. And so she would get, yeah. she would do that. And it was like the same, right? Makes sense. Right. The same, uh, um, same coffee. The, the other issue I have, which is kind of your fault too, Colby, is, um, I am a guy who always leaves a little bit of coffee in the bottom when it gets cold. So I never really drink like a full cup. I drink like three quarters of a cup. However, Colby got me onto the Ember mug, which is probably going to end up being my pick of the year. I freaking love this thing, but you got to drink the whole cup, especially because if you leave a little bit in the bottom, it'll right, just keep right, roasting. That's the worst. It gets the, the mm. less like the temperature of your coffee increases. Like there's a there's an inverse uh, relationship to the, it gets to, hot. To the amount you of let it in there. It gets hot. Uh, it's very weird. And so I am now finishing whole cups of coffee in addition to drinking more. So it's, it's a, I'm headed towards a young death here, but I do like my Ember mug. I will back you up on that pick. That is, and I get so many people who's like, Ooh, what's that? <laughs> I, get, I get a lot of attention. Is your mug lighting up? What is yeah. that? I'm like, you're just I, jealous. I just recently learned. Jealous. So I have my, my Ember mug lives on my desk, which as you can see is right next to my bed. But the light was so bright, like the light like lights up my entire room. But I, I recently discovered that there is a brightness slider in the in the app, oh. deep in the bowels of the. the it's very handy, setting, so you can crank that down. Do all Ember are all Ember apps are all Ember mugs controllable via the app? I'm looking at these Ember mugs. Yes, and I think so. Why is why is one ninety nine dollars and one one hundred and thirty dollars? Is it just the color? Maybe no. It's the size of the cup. What they have a they have a smaller mug and a bigger. Oh, I mug. think they're like premier colors. If you want to get a oh, rose that too. gold, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Okay, yeah. So because I think they have the two like non covered mugs, and then they have the two travel mugs you can choose between. But um, no, it's and you know what? I, I'm also I fe- I realized this today. You know they have the little uh, coaster charger that you put the mug on and it and it charges it when it contacts it. I always put the mug down right next to the coaster. <laughs> never on the coaster, right next to it. And I'm like, how do you do that every time? You just got to move it over not a little or something. I shouldn't be allowed to have. No, because you know what it is? It's like I want to put it on the desk, not on top of something, right? It should be on the desk. It's like, oh, I don't want to put it on top of that nice charging coaster. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm not that bright. So anyway, if you wonder why I don't get much work done at work, it's because I'm bouncing off the walls with all my extra hot caffeine just being a wild man uh guys anything else this evening i think we covered it we did it this 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 has really been a barn burner of a show i'm gonna very quickly plug up for debate guys i'm sure you listened to our last episode the james bond one of course that was good that was a good episode (laughs) that thank you I'm glad you liked it. Did you agree with our uh, opinions of the film? I think so. I I agreed with Matt's experience of the film where like when I watched it, I was also kind of upset at the end. But then afterwards, it was like, okay. <laughs> it, it, it was right. shocking. <laughs> right. 
I, I still stand by that one shot of him as as it's happening is so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. It's wild right. that they included that. Um, no, that was a fun one. I'm glad we got to do that. Last week, we talked about the USFL, which was a really great episode. But guys, we have two back-to-back movie commentary episodes coming up next. It's going to be a rock in February. And I'll tell you right now, uh, we're going to do a look back and a look not so far back as we look at two iconic well, maybe one iconic movie. We're going to watch Space Jam and Space Jam, A New <laughs> Legacy. Two movies that I still don't know how they exist. Um, and then after that, it is Super Bowl season. So we'll be doing our annual Super Bowl prop bets again this year. Um, and and we'll be picking the halftime songs. And we'll be talking about the big game. It's going to be exciting. So uh, make sure folks subscribe to Up for Debate wherever you get podcasts. February's going to be a big month. And it's going to lead right to Matt, March Madness. Um, God knows what he has planned there. So you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, as far as this show goes, don'tpack.io is our website. You should go there, check it out. We'll have links to all the picks so you don't have to worry about remembering them. They'll be there. In addition to all the past episodes of this week in Pickstery, of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be there with the video version on YouTube. Uh, see us in high def. And of course, you can get a hold of us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter or emails don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. But we're done. We're going to wrap it up here. Put a pin in it. Uh, Say no more until next week. We will be back with more tech news um, or maybe some tech news at all. (laughs) But we'll definitely be back with some great stories and some good conversation. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. We appreciate you being here as always. And we'll see you next time for another great episode of Don't Pin. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.